The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 7th. In today's news, President Trump hands payday lenders a huge win. The boyfriend of confessed Russian agent Maria Butina gets indicted. And the U.S. scales back military support for Cameroon because of human rights violations. But first, the big idea. Richmond is reeling. Virginia's top three Democratic leaders are all embroiled in scandals this morning that threaten to end their political careers after Attorney General Mark Herring disclosed that he appeared in blackface during college. Herring, a rising star who had already announced plans to run for governor in 2021, admitted to darkening his skin with brown makeup and putting on a wig to dress as the rapper Curtis Blow during a 1980 college party when he was 19. At the state capitol, Herring held emotional meetings behind closed doors that left at least one lawmaker in tears. Northam and Herring both hid from public view, while the third central player in this drama, Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax, had no choice but to preside over the state Senate for several hours because the Constitution requires him to. Just as political leaders were trying to digest the Herring news, Dr. Vanessa Tyson, the woman who has accused Fairfax of sexual assault, released a public statement. It goes into graphic detail about an alleged 2004 attack in a Boston hotel room that involved Fairfax, in her telling, forcing her to perform oral sex as she sobbed. Fairfax says it was totally consensual. He said in a statement that reading her account was painful because he insists he's never done anything like what she describes. And here's a double shot of deja vu. Dr. Tyson has hired the same legal team that represented Christine Blasey Ford, while Fairfax has retained the same lawyers that represented Brett Kavanaugh. While there was almost universal condemnation of Governor Ralph Northam over the weekend for the racist photo in his 1984 medical school yearbook, the calls for his resignation paused Wednesday amid the new revelations about the two men who would replace him. Sources close to the governor tell two of our reporters in Richmond, Greg Schneider and Laura Vazella, that Northam believes he should hang on at least through the end of the General Assembly session on February 23rd, because stepping down now would create too much mayhem at the executive level. Even Republicans seem unsure how to react. While the state party called on Herring to step aside, it has said nothing about Fairfax. If Northam, Herring, and Fairfax all vacate their offices, then the Republican Speaker of the State House, Kirk Cox, would be next in line to take over as governor. Cox put out a cautious statement of his own yesterday afternoon that stopped short of telling Herring or Fairfax to step aside. But he said the Attorney General's behavior is shocking, and called the allegations against the lieutenant governor extremely serious. And here's where it gets wild, if it wasn't already wild enough. Cox is third in line to the governorship because of chance. Control of the state house was tied after the elections in November 2017, and it came down to the outcome of one seat, the 94th district. The tie between Democrat Shelley Simmons and incumbent David Yancey was decided by drawing a name from a ceramic bowl. Yancey's name was picked, and Republicans retained control of the chamber by one seat as a result. Cox became Speaker because of it. 
And now Cox could become governor because of that name that got drawn from that bowl. Remember, folks, every vote counts. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau moved yesterday to majorly roll back Obama-era rules meant to crack down on predatory payday lenders who exploit their low-income customers. Under the rule, which is set to take effect in August, payday lenders would be required to take steps to ensure borrowers can afford the loans they're being offered at often exorbitant interest rates. The Trump administration proposes to rescind that requirement and delay the implementation of other rules until 2020. It's hard to overstate what a huge win this is for the payday lenders. The industry has warned that the regulations would force many of them to close their doors. They spent millions aggressively lobbying lawmakers to block the rule last year, but Republicans on the Hill wouldn't go along because they believed doing so would be politically toxic for their members. After they failed with the legislative route, the lobbyists for the payday lenders turned their attention to the Trump administration, where they got buy-in, and now results. Number two, Republican operative Paul Erickson, the boyfriend of confirmed Russian agent Maria Butina and the manager of Pat Buchanan's 1992 presidential campaign, was indicted for an alleged investment fraud scheme yesterday. He pleaded not guilty. The new charges against Erickson are not connected to the Russia scandal. He's accused in an 11-count indictment of wire fraud and money laundering for soliciting money from investors for what federal prosecutors say were false claims about a company that would build senior residential care facilities. Erickson also scammed investors by claiming to be developing a wheelchair that allowed people to go to the bathroom without being lifted out of their chair, according to the indictment. One of the money transfers listed in the indictment as an example of alleged money laundering is a $20,000 payment that Erickson made in 2017 to American University, used as her cover while cultivating relationships on behalf of her Russian handler with powerful conservative men at the National Rifle Association and elsewhere in order to advance the Kremlin's interests. Number three, the United States government is scaling back its security assistance to Cameroon over allegations of human rights violations by that country's military. Cameroon has emerged as a key U.S. security partner in recent years, especially as terrorism has become a flashpoint in Africa. About 300 U.S. troops are actually based there, training and assisting their military in its fight against extremism in the northern regions. Human rights groups have reported for a while now that Cameroonian security forces have been targeting civilians in the far north and in the country's unstable southwest and northwest regions. The military is battling English-speaking separatists who are fighting to create a breakaway nation that they want to call Ambazonia. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 7th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.